0: You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams.
1: There's lots of fundamentals we've been talking about over the last few days and, in fact, the last few weeks. And there's going to be more fundamentals on the show today when it comes to the budget. But before the budget comes out, let's have a look at the technicals and see if we can predict what the budget might say. I'm speaking to independent technical analyst, Frans de Klerk, speaking to us from somewhere in South Africa, in the Khruat Karua. And Francis de Clercq, we haven't spoken for a long time, but I imagine your charts have been waking you up at night, beeping <laughs> with all the volatility we've seen over the last two days, and even in the last few hours, where I've never seen such S and P volatility in my recent memory, anyway. Because the low was, I think, something like three thousand and ninety; the high was three thousand one hundred and fifty-eight, and we're bang in the middle there of that. It's all over the place. What do you make of it, S and P first?
0: And you know, Lindsay, we talked about the inverse head and shoulder a while back and, and it brewed quite a while. But then when it started going, I mean, um, I've got a friend of mine that actually specializing in Elliott waves. And on his system, it was the longest B wave rally in history. Now, you know when the the S and P 500 sort of said got um, uh, some wings above three oh two oh, it went all the way almost to that three thousand four hundred level, that the magical three thousand four hundred. Now that inverse head and shoulder played out to the T. Our level was three three nine oh, but it just went a brief above that. So that was almost you can say a uh, luck on the charts, but. Since then, suddenly the market lost momentum like you can't believe, and it almost fell to pieces. And it's, it, it almost developed what we call a waterfall formation. Now, what we know over the years is that you've, when you've got a market like the S&P 500 and it goes up drips and drabs, drips and drabs every night to 5 points, 10 points, 15 points, and then suddenly you get a, a night of 20 points up, 3 points back, but it just grinds higher. Then you know it's just a matter of time when the market must actually give you a chance of giving a proper pullback. Now, that's exactly what happened. But then there was a breakaway gap. I was looking for that, but but a few days, and I'm, I want to give the, the, the listeners the date because some guys that love charts will, would like to go back and see that. On the 18th of February... It was like a a tiny hammer that developed just below a breakaway gap. And then the following day, it was a nice bullish engulfing. The market closed that gap. And then you saw that ugly bearish engulfing candle, the start of it. And when it broke 3340, it just fell to pieces. Now, there's another gap there. And that's why we're talking about volatility, the two of us. That gap is between, let's call it 3327, and 3369. Now, while that gap is open, of course, the momentum to the downside is in place. But after these ugly what we call marubuzu candles, and that, that's usually candles that tells you that there's some extreme volatility and there's some serious sellers or buyers, but in this case, it was sellers coming in. We saw that all the way down to that level, as you mentioned, 3090. In actual fact, it went a little bit past my level because my level was 3, one. Oh eight. Now it went, let's say, 15 points below that. But now we're seeing what we call maybe, and remember, we're still looking at the futures. We're looking at what we call a dragonfly doji. Now, usually a dragonfly doji tells Mm -hmm. you that there's some bias around, but I think we'll probably see a bit of a relief bounce because my indicators are a little bit low and then I think the big leg to the downside is almost on the cards.
1: Okay, so we've had two days and one morning of extreme pain. Well, not extreme pain, but certainly pain that many people have not been used to over the last 11 years. And uh, suddenly there's going to be, obviously, as people take their profits or people say, well, the coronavirus or whatever catalyst they're using for their sell-off activities, uh, they'll say it's overblown, but then something else will happen. That's the impression I'm getting as well. Day three we get some relief after that be very careful
0: yeah you know um you know look the momentum to the up is still 100 percent in place if you look at the 200 day moving average because that's what all the fundamental guys look at that is at 3050 so while we're above that the momentum is still clearly to the upside and remember the the s p 500 rallied all the way way past the the mean above this 200day moving average so you're quite right now after these these three ugly candles you can almost say it's three dark crowds now usually you three dark crowds the phenomenon gives you a relief bounce and that is exactly what you say sometimes you get this relief bounce let's call it for a hundred or you know maybe 150 points in the in the s p 500 and then, when he turns around, that's why my eyes on that little gap. That gap that opened, and maybe we can just give through the dates. The one was uh, on the 21st of February, and the second one was on the 24th. So, it was over the weekend that Monday morning it started. Now, that little gap is holding the clue. So we can probably see a bounce, and you are so right. What we've seen, and I think maybe some of the guys can remember, the Aussie yesterday, it opened up nice and strong. Everybody thought, yes, the relief bounce, and suddenly it just fell over a cliff. Now, this is exactly what we can maybe see with the S&P. And remember, uh, some person actually phoned me this morning and said, Franz, aren't you thinking about a long in the S&P for this moment? I said, well, Technically, you should go for a tiny long, but I'm going to um, leave that one alone because, remember, the S&P, if you look at the monthly and the weekly chart over a 10th year period, you know, what this little blip that we saw of, let's call it 200 points, is not even – a blip on the candle, that just on the graph, that just tells you that this little sell-off that we've seen is nothing else than just a tiny but a tiny correction, so I'm not going to be brave enough to say, go long on the s and I will leave that tiny little long out and maybe a few points that I can get there, but in actual fact, I will rather wait for it to run and then short it again. I am short. I'm building a short for quite a while now, but I'm not going to go long in an S&P that is not even showing any signs of weakness on a long-term chart. I know I'm wrong, and I know that we can maybe be long for uh, wrong for a while, but I think if the S&P opens up to the downside, it will be ugly, ugly, ugly.
1: Okay, how does that translate to the all share index? Because on the day that the which was Monday, the Dow was down and the S&P down around about three and a half percent each. The all share index was down more than four percent, I think four point three percent, something like that, whatever. But the all share must look pretty awful.
0: Well, look, we, we I think we on our side on the let's go talk about the top 40, because that's what the world is looking at. That top 40 is a little bit overcooked. Um, I think we we were we were hammered. Remember, we started a few days before the S&P started, and and they just hammered us down. Well, if you think about it, in about let one two well let's call it four five sessions, we lost almost uh, four thousand points, four and a half thousand points, and that's a lot. But now on the other hand, my overnight stochastic that I use on a daily chart is now below ten. Now usually below twenty, you start to look at some oversold levels again, but. Below ten, it's definitely an overbought level. So but we know we're going to listen to the speech. Maybe we can see, we don't know. I don't know. Maybe a little bit of a relief to see a bounce. But I think the our market needs to go up a little bit. We are really oversold and everything, all the odds are against us. And I think if the, the world's markets just gain a little bit of traction, we can maybe see a little bit of a bounce. But on the top forty itself, I cannot see it much higher. Then that that um, what we can say that 240 week moving average because I want to look at the, a weekly chart here that is sitting at 50,491 and we now let's call it at 48800 so maybe a thousand points in there to go and test because this is important if you look at any chart and that was the dangerous part usually you find when you get to the 40 week moving average. You get, a, uh, uh, let's say, a sell-off below that, but then the market just gives you a balance to go and give what we call a negative technical goodbye kiss. And then when it touches that, that line, it actually tells you as a technical investor, now it is time to sell out. And that we have not seen. Um, so I'm looking at that maybe a little bit bounce back to that 40-week moving average and then the continuation. But that will almost correspond with the S&P 500. But um, our market has has been hammered. I mean, especially yesterday. I think the bulls yesterday were so surprised that the market just fell away. And um, I think it was because of the S&P just attracted so many sellers that there was also an ugly candle, an ugly, ugly marabuzu candle. So let's hope for a bounce.
1: Yeah, S&P was down 1%. The futures, that is, it's now up 0.3% all over the place. Uh, The other thing I want to look at is the RAND, which is currently in the high 1520s. And this is ahead of the speech, which will obviously affect the local currency as well, of course, of international considerations. Give me your view on the RAND, please, Franz de Klerk.
0: You know, I've got my indicators, and my indicators are telling me that we can maybe go for a little bit of a stronger RAND. But there's something else that we must always keep in mind, and that is even if you've got stretched indicators and the fundamentals remain against you, then usually those indicators can actually mislead you and you can actually see a pattern developing for quite a a while. And this is what we're seeing. My weekly indicator, and I'm going to say the stochastic and even the Chaiken indicator, they are so stretched to the top that it should give us a weakening, a strengthening trend. But what worries me, a few minutes ago, well, let's call it an hour ago, we touched a level of 15 rand and 34 cents. Now, my target was 15.33. We're trading now at 15.26. And now it depends on Mr. Mweni. If he can maybe give some good news, I think we can see that strengthening, but that will only happen if 15 rand, 17, and 15 rand 2 cents can attract some rand buyers. If it weakens above 15.33, my levels, and nobody wants to hear that, it will be 15.57, 15.84, and 16 rand. So so it can be disastrous for us, but let's hope, and, and in actual fact, I hope that the indicators can maybe boost a little bit of a stronger rand, because... This sudden move, you know, in a a matter of a few weeks, we went from below 14 to about 1526. And it's all driven by uh, almost, you can say, fundamental problems in South Africa. We know the economy is struggling, but I think there's regulatory issues around wrong decisions or strange decisions to investors internationally about what we're going to do with land expropriation, all that. But I hope that we stay below this 1533 level because above that, it, it turns out to be nasty.
1: Okay, now you need to unveil the big one, which is the gold price. We love a gold bull market in South Africa. We hate a bear market. It doesn't matter what the gold price is doing. People are, are always bullish. Now, we're at 1648. It was 1688 two days ago. There was a forced seller in New York, which has brought the price down. It was 1552 weeks ago. This is an exciting market. What do you make of it?
0: You know what was the beauty? That, that, uh, that forced seller was actually... Um, almost shown his hands on the charts because the day before he sold, there was a beautiful shooting star in the gold price, and they, there was a gap between one double six four I think, and it closed at one six four nine and When I saw the shooting star after that massive rally, I actually went short on the gold price and I closed it at one six four nine just where the gap closed but what we 're seeing here is if you look at the long-term chart, and that's why what – because all our South Africans, we love a stronger gold price. I think a longer-term chart tells you that the, the, the strengthening trend of the of the gold price is just so strong that we can maybe see a pullback, if we're really lucky, down to about one six two eight, one six two seven, and then from there stronger again. My upward targets, I think a few years back when we chatted, I think it was the two of us, was – Two thousand dollars. So I think we can heading there, but the first thing we need to pull back to about one six two eight, and then from there we are strengthening again. And the big move, in actual fact, will come when the gold price can break that one six eight nine and one seven, because then it can really start to spike. But unfortunately for guys, and I, I added this morning, a person wanted to buy gold shares with all he's got, and I said to him, wait. All the indicators are still toppish there's no reversal candles yet. Just wait for it to pull back you're too late if you want to buy now you're too late and um, that's the unfortunate thing but the gold price medium to long term looks absolutely fantastic in actual fact, it will only sort of look the Itchy on the charts if it goes below 1580. That's almost $80 from here. So um, it looks good. I like the gold price. In actual fact, there's another chart, the silver price, that's also very interesting. Um, but I, of course, the gold is the favorite there. People always try to rush into gold rather than in, into silver.
1: France de Clercq thanks very much for your time. And we look forward to these charts and your predictions unraveling or rather being reinforced in the next few days and, and few weeks. France de Klerk,
0: how do we get hold of you, please? Lindsay, it's quite easy. They can just visit our website, www.francedeclercq.com and they can get all the services that we offer there. And once again, thank you for the opportunity.
1: Franz de Klerk is an independent financial analyst, actually technical analyst, speaking to us from the, Kuru, the Great Karoo in the Republic of South Africa. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position,